All right, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another day of Saber Sims DFS Office Hours. It is Friday, December 23rd of 2022. Last show before the holiday weekend. Ton of awesome DFS action going on today through the weekend. Got a 14-game NBA slate tonight, an 11-game NHL slate, followed by the Saturday main NFL slate, and then the... uh Always big NBA slate on Sunday. Ton of DFS action. Highly recommend getting in on it. If you are not joined up with SaberSim, there is a link in the description below to a seven-day, no-strings-attached free trial. Perfect time to join up and check us out and get in on all of the action. For those of you who are new here, welcome. My name is Andrew, one of the coaches over here at SaberSim. This is a show where we go over how to use the SaberSim app answer any and all questions that come in in the office hours channel in our discord server there is a link in the description below to get joined up in our discord if you are not already done have done that highly recommend it ton of awesome dfs conversations going back and forth in the channels every single day uh we are going to get to all of the questions in <laughs> we are going to get to all the questions in the uh office hours channel in discord first and then jump over to youtube chat if you are just joining us and have a question, throw it in the YouTube chat. We will get to all the questions before the end of the show today. Promise you that. Got a uh, funny comment here from Snowman. Forgot your hat. Yeah, no hat today. Just went with the shirt. Always try and have something sabersome on, but it is all good. So going to get the app pulled up here, and then we are going to get rolling. couple questions here uh, to get us started, and we will see where we go from there. But should be good for a little bit. Got a question from Edub. Edub said, "Hey Andrew, can you discuss if you should really adjust min uniques for NBA, considering the min uniques aren't honored when you late swap, especially if late swap is part of your process? Wouldn't individual player exposure settings work better for NBA? If so, when would using min uniques for NBA be more beneficial?" Uh, this is a really good question to get us going. This is something that we are working to fix, right? I'm uh, not sure if you are aware, um, we have been working on late swap pools. They are currently in a beta version. Still some issues with it, uh, still can be a little buggy. The team is, you know, uh, taking feedback from users who are using it. It is available at beta.sabersim.com. If you want to check it out, right, a um, couple things with that, you know, there, there's reason it's in beta and not in production, right? Uh, definitely some kinks with it. If anybody is using the beta late swap and they run into something that feels weird, looks weird, not acting right, the best thing that you guys can do for us is use the report a problem link and just describe what is going on. Uh, we got to get all of these things worked out before we can push it live. But in beta late in 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 with late swap pools, you will be able or you are able to use min uniques. So that is you know basically the way we are solving that problem. Like the question you're asking, you know, we, 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 we agree with you that, you know, you using min uniques in late swap is important, which is why we have built late swap pools, but it is just not ready to go live to all users yet. Uh, still some issues with it, but coming really soon, right? Uh, it is out and available to test. So that will solve that problem. And I do think, you know, uh, having that just gives SaberSim users such a huge edge. I haven't seen anything like that in the industry. So, you know, the ability to late swap, the ability to build 
a pool of late swap lineups and not just swap every lineup once as well as apply your min uniques just make late swapping with saber sim such a huge advantage so looking forward to that coming to production soon edub but wanted to let you know about that in case you were unaware all right got a question here from snowman snowman said can you explain value to me like 2.9 better to have a higher or lower number and leverage same thing okay yep uh we could totally do this i'm gonna hop over to fanduel mba and then i am going to run some lineups here so gonna get this build going 500 lineups we will talk about value and we will talk about leverage right so i think first things first the easiest one to talk about would be uh value so value is basically uh to, to the best of my knowledge it is projection divided by salary times a thousand right and all you're all you're trying to do with this yeah it's my projection divided by salary times a thousand right so it's this 59.43 divided by Nikola Jokic's salary of 12,200 and then that number times a thousand gives you a value score right what the value is basically representing is how well of a play this player is on a point per dollar basis right uh we see huge values open up when guys get scratched right i think a uh just just a great example right would be yesterday uh zion was out with covid protocols and we saw a big boost to players like willie hernan gomez and jonas valanciunas uh absorbed some of that extra usage those extra minutes so their value went up right so so value is representing like hey you know this when when we compare a player's projection to their salary they are projecting for so many more points than somebody else right and the reason that all the reason that players have different values is because the sites are using some type of projection pricing algorithm to assign salaries to a player right this is in a way like a projection in and of itself like FanDuel is saying you know we think this player is worth this and probably because they think that player is going to do so get get so many points in the game right um the 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 reason values open up is because uh pricing is static right when zion gets ruled out jonas valanciunas gets more minutes gets more projection but fanduel cannot go in and change his salary at that point right the salary is locked in you see this a lot with like nfl you know guys getting uh injured ruled out throughout the week uh, salaries for oh my gosh there's like a bug right here salaries for nfl come out on sunday or monday and then you know practice goes all week by like friday we kind of know what the injury situations are who's in or who's out when joe mixon gets rolled out on friday and samaji p ryan is is now playing uh they cannot go back and change that pricing right so that is what opens up value right and it is it is you know important to work in some of these plays you want to get uh, as many points as you can from players. And if you can work in, you know, high value, high value plays, that'll allow you to have more salary in other roster positions, right? So SaberSim understands this. SaberSim does a very good job of balancing this. I'd say usually like 
high-ish value is somewhere in like the six to eight range uh, when a player is projecting for like six X, whatever their, their salary is. I think that is like usually what you see, you know, backups who are now starting, et cetera. Uh, when those like big situations open up that, that, that is usually what it is. Uh, this seems like a fairly well priced slate so far. Haven't checked the injury news. Uh, value does usually open up, especially on a huge slate like this. And uh, 14 games going to be going all night long. But in a nutshell, that is what value is. And then if we are to jump into a build, right, where we have our lineups, what is leverage, right? This is the second part. Leverage is just exposure minus ownership. So it's basically saying, you know, what is the percentage that this player, what, what percent of your lineups have this player versus what percent of lineups do we perceive the field to have this player, right? So in this instance, Chris Paul is in 17 of your 20 lineups for 85%. We are expecting Chris Paul to be in about 10 to 11% of the entire field's lineups in your contest, right? If you're playing a 100-man contest, we are expecting 10 or 11 people to roster Chris Paul. So if you have this many more lineups with Chris Paul than the field, that is leverage, right? You are more exposed to somebody than what we assume the general population is going to be. Or inversely, you know, uh, this is positive leverage, right? When you have more. And then there's negative leverage when you have less, right? We're expecting about 12% of lineups to have Andrew Nemhard. And you have, in this instance, you know, you would have zero. So, the players with negative leverage, usually you want them to do bad. And then the players with positive leverage, you know, these are your stands on the slate. These are like the players that, you know, you are rooting to do well to carry you to victory. So that is what value and leverage are in a nutshell. Let me know if you have any follow-up there. Got a question here from No No. So our last question in the Discord. If anybody has any questions that they want to get answered before the big weekend, now is the time to throw them in the chat. All right. No, no said, Hey, Andrew, can you discuss for NFL how to make lineups that limit one player per team outside of stacks? I feel like I continue to get a lot of lineups that have multiple players from the same team, and that's not part of my stacks. Two part of the question is to still, is it still beneficial to use research builds to find leverage positive and negative? Uh, yeah, no, no. I saw the, uh, back and forth that you had with Jordan Vigo was definitely going to touch the touch on that. If we had some time, glad you brought it up again. And, uh, I will definitely answer that first part of the question, right? Let's hop over to NFL and let's discuss how to do this, right? What no, no is referring to here is secondary stacks, right? Primary stacks include our quarterback with pass catchers, etc., And then there are secondary stacks. It sounds like you want to limit your secondary stacks, which you can totally do. So I'm going to go into NFL, going to run a build for this classic slate tomorrow. And if I did not mention it in the intro, if you are participating in our weekly max challenge, mini max contests from tomorrow, Saturday's main slate are going to count towards all of the end of the season prizes for the max challenge. It is week 16 only 18 weeks total. So winding down here, make sure to enter those mini max contests to continue to be eligible for all of the end of the season prizes and the weekly prizes. 
Uh, we will be right back on Monday to announce the winners for the Week 16 main slate. But just a reminder there for everybody, I will throw a ping in the Discord and just uh, put a message out and let everybody know that tomorrow's main slate counts for the Minimax. Been mentioning it all week. Some of you are probably sick of it, but there's always going to be that one person who's hearing it for the first time. So, all right, jumping back here. So if you go over to stack types, right, we have primary stacks, which include a quarterback, and then we have secondary stacks, right? Secondary stacks are the stacks where, you know, for instance, right here, we have Josh Allen with Cook, Diggs, and McKenzie. So that is a QB plus three. But then we have this two stack of Noah Brown and Dalton Schultz, right? It sounds like you don't want any of these type of constructions. So what I would do is I would come into this post build screen and then where it says max exposure, I would just change this to zero and then I would hit apply. Um, this has been a little buggy. It is something that um, we are working on fixing. A workaround in the meantime is to use the magnifying glass, hit this plus icon. It is going to highlight all of the lineups with a two stack that are in your lineups but jump over to pool and then just bulk trash these, right? If you hit the red bulk trash, it is going to move all of those lineups into your trash. So they are not available to be in your top 20. So that is how I would get rid of those. In the meantime, uh, you could come in here, you know, say you only want to play like the one ones, right? Just, just do this for every single version. That is not the one you want. And then, um, you will only be left with one ones. Another way to do this, which you would do it in the home screen, is just not allow those stack types to be picked, right? So you go to the home screen, you go over to stack types, you go over to secondary, you can just uncheck all of these and then only check in the one one. You got to check in, uh, I think, at least one. There is no like no secondary stack. That's something that else that's on our radar that we want to display in the app. But I would just check in the one one and then you could run a build like that uh, does, you know, a little more, I would say like blunt force there. I would much rather handle that in the post build. Uh, I know the, the trashing workaround is a little annoying. We are working on fixing the secondary stack exposures being honored. That is coming like probably uh, possibly by the end of the day, but even with the limitation, you know, didn't take too long to build 500 lineups here. They are all here. I think, you know, going back to what we've been talking about with the sanctity of the Sims, right? And letting the Sims do what they want. Probably better to leave them all checked and then just zero out the ones you don't want in the post build. But um, because it's a little buggy, I think that way works fine in the meantime. Okay, second part of the question. I feel like I continue to get, uh, nope, not that one. Second part of the question is, is it still beneficial to use research builds to find leverage positive and negative? The short of it is, yes, I do think it is uh, still a good strategy, right? So what we're talking about is like a research build where you are turning correlation off, you are turning ownership fade off, and then you are taking single slate optimals basically and basically trying to simulate the slate and get as many instances instances of this as you can so oh you know glad glad clinton is finally here you know couldn't couldn't have done the stream without him uh was was getting pretty pretty worried we hadn't seen him here yet what is up clint but uh anyways jumping back to this big thing with the research build 
build as many lineups as you possibly can, right? If you're on the pro plan, you can build 5,000. If you're on the old advanced plan, you can build 1,500. If you're on the standard plan, you can build 500. Whatever plan you're on, build the max lineups, right? So I'm going to do this at 5,000. The more instances you can get of this, you know, optimum build research, the better, right? So going to let this run. But uh, I was reading through the thread with with Jordan Vigo and Nono. I think the big takeaway really here, I, and I think Jordan Vigo did a really good job of kind of summarizing it, is that, you know, just because plays are positive or negative leverage does not mean you should, like, take that and run with it. So, you know, our 5,000 lineups are finishing up here right now. We are going to jump into this build and kind of uh, talk about it a little more, right? So first things first, open up this number of lineups to the entire pool size. So you can see that, you know, ownership versus exposure. And I, I think this is I think this is a really good example right off the bat, right? Christian McCaffrey expected to be like 40 plus percent owned. Uh really, really chalky, actually. We are only seeing about 27% exposure to him, which is leading to negative leverage, right? I think where people can go wrong is that you know they come into this negative leverage and they they write these players down, you know, Richie James. Kirk Cousins, TJ Hawkinson, Christian McCaffrey. And, and you know, just, just for the sake of this example. And they say, okay, you know, this guy's negative leverage. Like, I'm going to play none of him, right? And I think that is really where I want to, like, caution people is don't, you know, like, this is the rate that they're coming up in the Sims as, as optimal. Just because it's negative leverage, I don't think that's a reason to go and play none of them, right? Uh, this, you know, Christian McCaffrey, probably like the highest projected running back, uh, still, still probably a good idea to get some, get some exposure to him. Right. Uh, second highest projected player on the slate. I think Saberson does a really good job of, you know, putting players in your lineups at the rate that makes sense in the Sims. And like, that is what we can really do from simulating all the games, thousands and thousands of times, understanding, you know, players, ranges of outcomes, better and having just like a really strong builder that understands correlation, understands ownership fade and understands, you know, upside. So I, that, that is what I, you know, caution against. And then, you know, on the other side is like, Hey, you know, I'm getting positive leverage to Kelsey Brown and, and Metcalf. I'm going to go and play like, like all of them. I'm going to lock them in, you know, my 20 lineups. Uh, I, that's, that's not really how I play. You know, that's not how I've heard, you know, other users play. This is more of like a research tool to, to kind of do some risk management. Right. So, so I'm going to, so imagine, you know, I did this, I made some notes, you know, uh, negative leverage on guys like McCaffrey and Richie James, and then positive leverage on like Kelsey and Noah Brown. Right. So, so I make those notes and I take those thoughts with me into my actual build. Right. And let's say, you know, this is my actual build where I am building my lineups. So then now, you know, see, I have positive leverage in my top 150 to Christian McCaffrey, right? This is where it gets really interesting. If, if, if you're asking me, like I have done my research build, you know, Christian McCaffrey is the highest projected running back. He is expected to be very highly owned. I have negative leverage in my pool but I have positive leverage in my top lineups. What do I do, right? And this is one of the most interesting 
concepts to to me that I find, you know, using SaberSim day in and day out here, right? And I just want to open this up so I can see my uh, pool exposure as well and kind of manage this, right? If if you're asking me what I would do, I wouldn't zero him out, right? Also, I'd be pretty nervous about playing him in all my lineups. I'm going to, like, the way I feel about this, I would do some risk management here, and I would probably, well, first I would probably increase my min uniques, right? And then see if that gives me less exposure to him. And it really didn't, right? We just got up to four min uniques, which means that, you know, four players in every lineup are different from each other, and his exposure didn't move. That tells me a lot. That tells me, you know, regardless of, you know, I increased it to five, still hasn't moved. What this means is that Saber Sim is saying like, hey, you know, you should really hold on to this player and, and move other pieces around, but not him, right? So I was thinking about walking this down closer to like his ownership, but adjusting the menu uniques, letting Saber Sim organically change the exposures has kind of changed my point of view, right? And maybe I maybe I let this stay, you know? His his ownership, I mean, his exposure in our lineups hasn't really moved. Tells me, you know, the raw point projection that we're getting from him is worth it in 64% of our lineups. Um, it, it's, it's not something that everybody handles the same, and I don't think there's a right or a wrong way to handle it, you know? I think it's totally okay to say, you know what? He was negative leverage in my pool, and I don't really want to be overexposed to him. Maybe I'm just going to, like, match the field, right? And then you come in here, and then you say, you know, make his ownership and his exposure about the same. I'll try and get leverage somewhere else. I think that's totally fine, right? Or you're saying, you know, okay, maybe he graded bad in, you know, the bottom half of your 5,000 lineups, but in the lineups that I have – um but but in, in the lineups that I'm taking with me into my contest, he grades out really well. So I'm okay with that, right? And you want to value the top portion of your pool more. Also okay. I think there's a something to be said about, you know, are you treating every lineup in your pool as viable? You know, are 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 you okay playing, you know, the bottom 150 lineups? If if not, I would do something to do some pool curation. And, you know, maybe use the filters, maybe come in here and say, you know, hide lineups with, you know, X. And and I don't know what it would be, but you could do something like that. If you, if, if you run a build and you're saying, I'm not comfortable playing every lineup in my pool, maybe you need to go back to the home screen, do some player pool curation. Maybe you need to come into your stack types and zero out some of these primary stacks that you don't want, right? And get your pool of lineups to a point where you are okay playing any of them. Right. So I think like that is totally viable. Uh, you know, zero, zero, 10 build. We're going to see a lot more, no QB stacks because we are discounting correlation. Uh, so, you know, pretty, pretty normal to have 22% no QB in a zero, zero, 10 build would probably be a lot lower in a normal build at, at regular sliders, especially if you're like playing 150 max, right. Correlation goes up to four ownership fade, goes up to four. So we'd probably see a lot different stack types. You know, maybe you need to come in here and zero these. Like that is, that is 1100 lineups that are now not available. That would make me feel more comfortable playing any lineup that is left in my pool. Right. 
So take the steps in the post-build or in the pre-build to do player pool curation, to do stack-type curation, to make sure that you are comfortable with every lineup that in your effective pool, and then go from there and kind of make your adjustments based on that. But really good question, and happy to talk about positive and negative leverage from that point of view. All right, Clint said, there's a huge difference between fade and underweight. Some people don't understand that or clarify which one they mean when they say fading. Hope that helps uh, some players. So yeah, definitely. So I, I would say like a, like a, I would say a fade is like kind of the way you said it, like 0%, right? Like I'm, I'm, I'm full fading Christian McCaffrey. That is like a, a verbiage or, or uh slang that, that people say, like I am full fading, right? I am like completely off this guy, 0% exposure, right? Being underweight means that, you know, I'm, I'm still willing to play this player, but just not at the rate that everybody else in the field is playing this player, right? Uh, somebody would like Daniel Bellinger would be a good example. You know, 21% from the field, but we're only playing him at, at about a 12% rate. I think that's totally fine. And it's going to be really hard to have positive leverage on every player in your pool. Going to have to be even on some guys. Going to have to be underweight on some guys. Uh, just knowing that Saberson puts them in your lineups at the rate that Saberson thinks is best for whatever contest you're playing is makes makes me feel a lot better at the end of the day. I'll tell you guys that. So. All right, looking through here, that was our last Discord question, and I have not seen any questions come in in the YouTube chat. Uh, now is the time to get those questions in. If you guys have anything you want answered before the weekend, um, planning on being back Monday for our regularly scheduled show. It is a holiday, so hoping a lot of people will be off and be able to catch the show. So it should be a fun one on Monday. And then as far as uh, for the weekend, um, no support on Sunday. The team will be around Saturday morning prior to uh, NFL lock in case anything comes up. But we should be back for our uh, normal uh, capacity on Monday if anything comes up. And last reminder, Minimax contest for tomorrow, Saturday, NFL main slate will count towards the max challenge so make sure to get entered for those i will ping the channel as soon as i hop off here uh we are gonna wrap it there hope everybody has a very good weekend good luck in your dfs contest and i will talk to you all on monday take care